He peeks his head out of the office and he says, Oh, by the way, most of the time when we see this, it's a brain tumor. Wow. And he ducks back in his office. Oh, my God. Uh, thanks, buddy. <laughs> you know, what a, what a tactful way to deal with that, you know. So, so you were pretty freaked out. I was like, what? <laughs> okay, I don't have a brain tumor. There's something wrong with my eye, buddy. <laughs> you know, I didn't say that to him, but I was thinking to myself, and I... So I went home, and sure enough, I had an MRI done, and they actually had me drive the pictures from the MRI up to the brain surgeon and have him look at them. Uh, they felt it was that urgent. Mm -hmm. And as I was driving, I looked at the pictures, and I said, I wonder what that big old white thing is. <laughs> and I could see it. You know, I re really didn't even occur to me that that was the tumor. But uh, sure enough, I had a brain tumor the size of a softball in the middle of my head. And it had started to push on the optic nerve. They just said, i got to have surgery immediately. And I did. It was rough, I tell you. I, had to, I ended up canceling three or four dozen shows just to get through all that mm -hmm. and that's not something you want to do when you're self-employed cancel business <laughs> absolutely not did you have insurance at that time I did but they fought tooth and nail because I'd just barely gotten it four months earlier did the insurance cover most of it actually they didn't they hardly covered anything they covered about 10% of the bill and I ended up having to pay well, it was over $100,000, let's put it that way. I was in the hospital for three weeks. Oh, it was an 18-hour surgery, and they said that I actually died once, so I have no recollection of it. Mm -hmm. I gained 120 pounds in the hospital. Wow. It was because the, the doctors had damaged the pituitary gland while removing the what tumor they could. They got about 60% of the tumor. It was, overall, it was just a really horrible experience to go through. I'm sure. You know what it did, it, to apply it to, to copywriting, is it made me extremely empathetic for others. Michael, if I had to sum in a nutshell what's unique about Brian and in my copywriting is this deep, compassionate empathy that's truly heartfelt for other people. And I think that's what I took away from the brain tumor experience. I mean, I had a certain level of notoriety before the brain tumor but I just think I gained so much depth and breadth spiritually from going through that experience. At least that's what I thought at the time. And looking back on it, I see that it taught me a lot. And it's been a blessing to me spiritually and mentally, that whole experience. Uh, physically, it's still somewhat of a challenge. Mm -hmm. But I'm actively pursuing things to, to deal with that as well. All right, so that was in, your surgery was in 1990, what? 92. 92. 
before that surgery, you said you were experiencing some notoriety. Had you done some copy for any of the bigger names out there yet? No, you know, I hadn't gotten any notoriety. What happened was Gary wrote a little bit about me in his newsletter, and he was cursing the doctors because the doctor, the brain surgeon, told me that I probably had about a year to live. He, he was just mad because he doesn't like doctors playing God, you know. The other side of the story is I looked the doctor right in the eye and I said, well, you don't know me very well, do you? <laughs> A uh, little pride there, sorry. So Gary wrote about me. Obviously, that generates some business, bless his heart. Really, what Advertising Magic, what started it was me seeking a procedure to follow for my copywriting clients. And so I had my own little notebook. Okay, here's what I'm going to do first, and here's what I need to remember about that. Mm -hmm. For example... Okay, now I'm going to write the headline. Now remember, when you're writing headlines, and I took every nugget that I had pulled from Dan Kennedy's books, from Gary Halbert's newsletters, I mean every last stinking one of them, from every source, every book I had ever read, I mean I kept meticulous notes as I was learning copywriting, and I put them into a form of a checklist so that when I was writing headlines, I knew to follow these rules, and these rules were had come from Caples and Kennedy and et cetera. And I had that same type of thing for an offer. When you're writing your offer, testimonials for everything, everything you could imagine about a sales letter in particular was delineated out with rules of thumb by all the experts. Every time, I would read everything it, it, from anybody. So was there any one guy who really, any favorite out of all the old guys that are alive that you learned or just little bits of everybody? I just have to say Gary Halbert is my favorite because he has been so kind to me. I wouldn't say it's because I've learned more from him, but if I had a favorite in terms of who I like the most are definitely Gary. Mm -hmm. I have absolutely nothing bad to say about Gary. He's been, the, I call him the Santa Claus from the South mm -hmm. in my life. And that's just my experience of him. And I absolutely love Gary Halbert. But in terms of copy and what I've learned, who I've learned the most from, I would really say my own experience. Yeah, that's a good answer. You know, this process, these checklists that you're using for your own copywriting business and for your own personal notes was what would soon become Ad Magic. Yeah, I decided, you know what, this is this is neat. You know, I had each page in a uh, plastic cover unit mm -hmm. that protected it. And I took the time to refine it. If there was a change to be made, I would change it immediately and... And it became this 150-page process. What was going on, Michael, was the assimilation of all the learning. I had a knack for the writing copy, but to me, if I wanted to play in the big leagues, I had to write like the big leaguers write. And their advice 
Every time I sat down and write copy, I couldn't grab all their books, pile them in a pile, and make sure I had everything. Mm -hmm. So that's why I created this pre-ad magic thing for me to use. It was a great blessing in my life. And I took it to a seminar, and somebody saw it, and they were like, gee, can I get a copy of that? Mm -hmm. And that's just, immediately I just thought, wow, I think I need to flesh this out a little put some of my experience in it and turn it into something that people would want. Mm-hmm. Did you do that all on your own? Or did you have someone helping you or did someone approach you say, let's do this as an information product or was it... No, it's just entirely on my own. You wrote a sales letter for it? Do you remember the uh, first Las Vegas Ted Thomas seminar? I've heard of his seminars. I don't remember the first one. I may have it on tape somewhere, on video. Well, if you do, it's, it's probably not worth watching. It was just a big telethon. Uh, but they had big players coming in. You know, Dan Kennedy came. And, uh, well, anyway, Ted had hired me to write the sales letter to fill the room. And they did. <laughs> it was filled to overflowing. And he brought me up in front of the group and said, I want you to know why you're all here today. It's because of the words that this man wrote on the paper that got you you to write out a check and show up today. So you could blame him for all the money he spent. And I got a standing ovation. It it was just jammed wall to wall. And uh, as I recall, people were constantly peeking in the back doors, you know, at the main session. Then they had breakout rooms. You could choose to go to Dan Kennedy or go to Robert Allen. Or I mean, at that time, did you have the confidence? Did you know that it was you? You were the person who got all these people there? No. You didn't understand that you were the reason? I just figured, well, hey, yeah, I have the words on paper, but, you know, people are here because... Dan Kennedy's here. They want to hear Dan. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mark Victor Hansen was there, I believe. People are here to hear him. You know, that was before Chicken Soup. I'm not sure what he had accomplished uh, up, up to that point. You, had you had your course already developed at that time? Uh, no, but what I did is I got some copy jobs mm-hmm. from it, and I pre-sold Ad Magic. I said, yeah, and people would approach me in conversation. Well, good job on the letter. My goodness, that's amazing. So are you for hire, and da-da-da. And I would introduce and said, yeah, I'm, and I'm also writing this book. Uh, well, how much is it? And I said, well, it's going to be 300 bucks, but I'm doing a seminar deal, a pre-publication deal for 177 I was so tickled pink, sold by 22 copies at that seminar at <laughs> one city. And I came home, and I just, I threw a party. I couldn't believe I had made that much money. I brought home, you know, 3800 bucks or something like that, and I was just pink. I couldn't believe it. But at the same time, you were selling seats to seminars in the thousands. I didn't see that, though. <laughs> so you had to get the product together now that you had some sales. Yeah. And you put it together. Then did you write the sales letter for the actual product? Yeah, I, I wrote two or three sales letters for Ad Magic. You know, I didn't have anybody to mail to, and I just wasn't adventurous enough to rent a list. Then there was a guy, doggone it, I wish I could remember his name. He was in Colorado, Mm -hmm. Michael something, and he had started this skimpy little four-page newsletter 
and he had like 12,000 subscribers to this thing in no time flat. What was the newsletter on? Uh, marketing. It was a, like a marketing tidbit. I just was in awe of this guy, and, and somehow he called me. He was writing copy, and I said, well, how are you getting work? Because, you know, I really hadn't cracked a nut on how to get work. But he, he kind of explained what he did. He had this letter. He'd see a guy's mailer or an ad, and he'd cut the ad out, tape it to a piece of paper, fold it up with this letter, and mail it to the company and say, hi, dear sir, your letter sucks. You're open to it. That was fun. It was good to learn that. But then he said, yeah, and I've got this list. i got about 12,000 people who are interested in marketing, and I'm getting ready to sell this off. And I'm like, well, gee, could I rent that list? So I did. You know, I was just too scared, and I just didn't have the confidence that I have now, Michael. And I would mail 10 letters <laughs> ten at a time. Yeah. And uh, you can imagine... You didn't want to spend the, the 28 cents. No, it was uh, it was crazy. I just couldn't see doing it. Okay, and 10 at a time. And what was it, what happened? <laughs> I know, like 10 at a time. Yeah, I just wasn't seeing the results that I wanted. <laughs> yeah. When, when actuality, I was probably getting like 10% conversion, you know. Uh-huh. But it was so little money... But I just thought, oh, yeah, this just isn't worth it, you know. And I, oh, it's just, I look at it, I just laugh now. I was such a tightwad. Mm. <laughs> then I tried postcards to people. and uh, So you never used this 12,000 names. Yeah, I never really. Mm. Anyway, AdMagic had had some success by word of mouth, and, and I had sold several hundred copies just, just through... Uh, you know, I attended a few seminars here and there, and people, you know, they just loved it, and they loved the book, mm-hmm. and the testimonials came pouring in. One gentleman made $700,000 in the last three years since he had purchased that magic, but he just, he became a copywriter for himself okay. in his own business, and uh, you know, I don't know if I'm at liberty to, to, to tell you who it is, but he's at really active on the web now and, and making a lot of money. Uh, what happened next was just great. You had had your brain surgery already. Yeah. I mean, how was your thinking and everything? I mean, did you have some, did it affect you after the surgery as far as thinking or writing? Did you have to work through any of that during that time? Uh, well, kind of a funny side story to, to answer your question is Mike Inlow was trying to convince me for the longest time that that's my unique competitive advantage. Surgeon, it made me a copywriting genius. <laughs> that's, that's funny. They tried to convince me for the longest time to do that. I just wouldn't. <laughs> but I, to answer your question, I'd say no. Uh, but that, hey, that's just based on my experience. I and mean, how do I know? You know, my former wife would say it affected me in every way. She basically would say I'm a completely different person. And I, and I probably am in terms of how I think. I just look for peace and joy mm-hmm. at every corner. And if that means going with the flow, then it means going with the flow and not fighting it. Anyway, what happened is I had this kid call me. He's going to BYU, and he was in his last year, and he had to do an apprenticeship to get his MBA. Mm-hmm. And he had to do an apprenticeship. He's like, dude, I bought your book, and I'm reading it. He talks like that, too. I bought your book, dude. It's awesome. It's so freaking awesome, and you're in Sandy, I'm in Provo. I was just wondering, dude, if you thought I could just apprenticeship with you, 
because I don't want to go work for some corporate crap, you know, where you don't learn anything about marketing. These classes are bad enough to do anything about marketing and da da da. I'm like, sure, why not, you know? He's like, you don't have to pay me anything or anything. It's not that kind of deal. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll pay you. And he's like, no, no, dude, I just want to do it for the experience. And anyway, this guy get, became a, 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 just a great friend to this day. Uh, Jason Peary uh-huh. is his name. And he's, he's a genius, really, beyond genius, if you ask me. And he's like, well, what, dude, why don't you rent a list? Why don't you rent a list and mail? I'm like, are you crazy? That would cost money. <laughs> and he's like, dude, you've got to rent a list. This book is so good. You can bless so many people's lives with this. But you're just, it's like you're sitting here hoarding, you know, all this gold and you're not sharing with people. And that was a, that was a paradigm shift for me. You know, I hadn't looked at it like that. It was, you know, laws of abundance type of thing. And I, well, I hadn't really considered it in that way. He's like, look, okay, I'll tell you what I'll, tell you what I'll do, man. I'll, I'll pay for the mailing. I'll pay for the list. I'll pay to get it printed. If you'll agree to do it. I'm like, no way. That's not fair. You know, that's, that's not fair. you got to get something out of the pie. He's like, no, I don't want anything. Mm-hmm. I just want you to do this. That's what I want. That's all I want out of it. So anyway, he cajoled me into it. We rented a list. And we mailed. And what we kind of list did you rent? Do you remember? I, I can tell you exactly what the list was. <laughs> all right, tell me. Where did you find it, first of all? Um, somebody had told us that Jay Abraham had started a newsletter with Philip. Mm-hmm. One of us found out about it. And so we, we just got in touch with Phillips and said, Hey, is there, you guys doing a, a Jay Abraham newsletter? And, and they're like, yeah, you want to subscribe? And, and I'm like, well, yeah, sure, sign me up. But uh, I want to find out if the list is for rent. And uh, and it was. And it was for rent. So, the guy, you know, true to his word, Jason uh, read the list. 5,000 names? Yeah, he paid for, the, paid for the mailing. Do you know how big the list was at that time? Uh, yeah, there was like uh, 12,000 names on the list. Okay. Uh, and uh, and he said, let's just test a thousand, see how it goes. If it goes, dude, we're gonna mail these names and we're gonna mail them hard. Mm-hmm. And uh, sure enough, uh, that the letter pulled seventeen dollars for every dollar we invested. Wow! And so you mailed that first thousand. And we just mailed. We uh, we mailed like a we did them all. <laughs> we did them all in house. I paid my kids the stuff and stamps and. Plain number with a hand address, or had you address envelopes? Um, they, they were, uh, have you seen that J. Abraham label that he does? It's it, about four inches. Yeah, it's like a white, uh, uh, were you mailing the letter in a number 10, or? No, no, it was a number 9, or num- no. Uh, like a legal, like an 8.5 by 11 size? Oh, there you go, thank you. Okay, yeah, with Abraham, it's like a uh, mailing label, a white. Yeah, it's like inches by three inches. Yeah. And, yeah, we were using those, slapping and sticking them, laser injecting, the laser printing those, and then slapping them on the... All right, so you're mailing like an eight and a half by 11 envelope. Yeah. Just like Abraham does when he promotes his seminar. Yeah, and it says Michael Sinoff dash dash important, or Michael Sinoff dash dash private, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, important was the word we used. 
And uh, yeah, seventeen bucks for every dollar is the worst we we did. That's the worst we did. And I mailed. I must have mailed that that entire twelve thousand names about twelve times. Wow! And every time it, it still every time I made money. Every time up until the very last time. So this was really your first major direct mail yeah. experience. It, well, for my yeah, for yourself, money on the line. You bet. Yeah. So, how many courses or how many dollars did you pull in after you finished that campaign? Or, well, uh, because I never did go to a mailing house, we did them all in house. We did like a thousand every other week, a mm -hmm. thousand every other week, and we mailed for eighteen months. We mailed that list for eighteen months. But when you remailed to the list, did you pay a rental fee? Well, here's what happened. I, we, we finished mailing all the names. You know, we mailed once a week. I'm sorry, I told you every other week. But mm -hmm. We mailed once a week. We mailed every Friday afternoon. Mm -hmm. We get it on Tuesday or Wednesday. Mm -hmm. I called uh, Phillips after I'd gone through the names, and I said, hey, I want to mail these names again. And they said, okay, uh, go ahead. I was like, well, don't I need to, like, rent them again? He's like, oh, no, don't worry about it. Mail it again. So we did. We just mailed and mailed, and I got through the names. And I called him back. I said, hey, I got through all the names again. We want to mail again. He's like, oh, dude, don't, you don't have to. I was just like, what the heck? This is weird. I think what had happened is they canceled the newsletter, and they just didn't care anymore. Wow. Did you ever quantify what you did over those 18 months, your number of courses or dollar amount? Essentially, we ended up selling... Uh, I think it was about 25% of the 12,000 names. You know, it was just over 25%. So that's like, three, what, 3,000, 3,200 copies. 3,200 copies. Now, was this some of the most money you ever made? Oh, yeah. That couldn't touch your fees for, for copywriting or magic. Well, I was getting all kinds of copyrights from Ad Magic, the business card I've ever had. Successful people read it. They're blown away. Cause, I mean, let's face it. It's a great book. It's amazing. And uh, people will read it, and they think, man, this guy knows his stuff. And any successful person, you know, they don't have time to sit down and write their copy unless they love doing it. Uh, there are exceptions, and those exceptions are the people who really do love writing copy. No matter how much money they make, they still do it. And there are people like that, which I think is great. But, you know, any other guy who finds it a struggle, he reads the book and says, oh my gosh, this guy wrote the Bible on this topic. I think I'll just call him. That's uh, really been how I've gotten most of my business. And, and since then, it's all... Now, at that time, when you were doing copywriting jobs, did you have the confidence to ask for a piece of action on the back end, gross sales? It was all a mystery to me. It, it, it was a mystery still. Yeah. You were only getting the fees just for writing. Yeah, I, ha I had one gentleman offer it to me, and it, it was an interesting story. But in anyway, uh, he ended up making about $5 million in five months and did not pay me the royalty that he agreed to pay. You know, I always just did handshakes, and I, I just trust people. I, I still trust people too much now, but at least I always have an agreement now. Would you feel comfortable naming just some of the clients that you got copywriting jobs from directly through the success of your advertising magic course? Yeah, sure. You know, 
I wrote for Jay Abraham. Did he call you personally? Uh-huh, yeah. He called me for his beach house. Yeah, that was kind of an interesting project. He paid me some high compliments. That was nice to hear. And uh, Gary Halbert has hired me, paid me my full wage. Mm-hmm. Uh, some stock market sales copies had me write. Uh, Did you write his piece for the uh, his stock market system? Oh, no, Scott Haynes wrote that piece. I wrote the follow-up to that that went to leads that were that hadn't bought yet. I wrote the follow-up letter. It converted really well. I was trying to remember what the numbers was just recently, too. Was that stock market course of Halberts, was that being mailed pretty big time? Um, yeah, they did. They ran a lot of lists. They rented uh, the Phillips uh, Publishing Master file. I mean, they rent the whole thing. But but they, it does indicate continuation from uh, Gary's company. Let's talk about some stories. What I've got here, I pulled off my shelf a book called A Big, Fat, Beefy Book Full of Nothing But Winning Ads and Sales Letters. Tell me about this book. Where did this thing come from? Uh, it was just sort of my own personal swipe file. First, that's how it started out. And, you know, it's like that's how Ad Magic started out. It was just my own little checklist to uh, keep up on things with. So, you know, it was, it was sort of the same thing. I've done all this copywriting. I've done all this work. And I just wanted to have it nearby in front of me just to refer to, you know, for inspiration purposes. And the other thing was I'd had a potential client ask for some samples. They were just really skeptical. And I just got a little ticked off. I was like, "This okay, this guy, you know, my ego, you know, my big head, you know, from being so quote-unquote famous. I said, this guy wants to see samples? <laughs> I never have anybody ask for samples. Uh, what I did is I said, okay, fine. This guy wants samples. I'll give him a sample. I literally did. And I, I mean, it's about an inch thick, probably a little more. And, and I put a... <laughs> I put a cover on it and I said, here you go, here's a big, fat, beefy book full of nothing but winning ads and sales letters. And I got thinking about it, I thought, wow, I bet you a few other, like, few other people would like to see that. Well, I remember who I got this from, and I've only had one, and it's something I've never wanted to resell. It says, please return after seven days to Brian Keith Foyles. What's that all about? Yeah, that's what I ended up doing. I ended up using them as sample books. I started offering this sample book to potential clients. I mean, it's a pretty hefty book. I haven't seen one in years, and I I need to get a copy of it from you. But, you know, it's a substantial investment to send out to a prospective client. So there's nothing but winning ads in this book? Can we talk about some of these in here? Uh, sure, I'd uh, love to. What your banker won't tell you about your mortgage is costing you a fortune. Your mortgage lender is taking you for a ride, and their grubby little hands are in both your pockets, slowly sucking out your retirement, your savings, your entire financial future. What's the story with this client? Hi. This is a fascinating interview with Brian Keith Boyles. Please continue to part four. 
Um, here is another tip for you, and it has to do with swipe files. And I'm going to hand you a lifetime membership of a swipe file you cannot beat. And if you go over to my website, hardtofindads.com, you'll find a free resource waiting for you with over 800 hard-to-find ads. Now, these aren't pretty fluffy ads that you're going to find in Madison Avenue at all the advertising agencies. These are hardcore, copy-intensive, direct-response ads, ads including Gary Halbert's, a huge collection of Brian Keith Voiles, entire best collection of ads that you can download, ads by Eugene Schwartz, ads by Ben Suarez, ads by John Carlton that you can view up close, you can read the text, and you can use to develop and create your own direct mail promotions. So get on over to Hard to find ads.com. That's H-A-R-D-T-O-F-I-N-D-A-D-S.com. You'll be glad you did.